Welcome to This Week in California Education, brought to you by EdSource Radio. And this week sponsors the Stewart Foundation and the Silver Giving Foundation. I'm Lewis Friedberg. John Fensterwald will be back with me next week. Well, this is a moment when our society, including its young people, has been confronted by a range of controversial issues, some new ones, and others deeply rooted in America's past. Breaking news at this hour, Capitol Hill right now, a tinderbox. These are pro-Trump supporters who have taken to the steps of the Capitol. We do know for certain that the known facts of what happened on January 6th deviate in very important ways from the story they are now telling us. My son wasn't given a chance to live. I have a chance to live, so I will risk whatever it takes to say his name. Hamas, who AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, and apparently Bernie Sanders support, are bloodthirsty terrorists who question the Jewish state's right to exist. I am here the proud child of Honduran immigrants. I would hope that if it was my family being torn apart, if it was my brother being arbitrarily criminalized, if it was my sister being banned, then someone would stand up for me and my family. Those are just some of the issues and contentious voices that dominate social and news media. What's clear is that our education system is challenged about how to cultivate the informed, engaged, and effective civic agents that we need to ensure not only the survival of our democracy, but how to improve it. Turns out there's a vibrant field of study about how to teach controversial issues, including a well-developed set of practices that teachers can implement in the classroom. But the field is often misunderstood and avoided because of the risks, or at least the perceived risks, associated with it. Just a couple of months ago, a big report involving hundreds of scholars and others funded by the U.S. Department of Education titled Education for American Democracy was published. I thought I'll just give you a snippet from that important report. It said that in recent decades, we as a nation have failed to prepare young Americans for self-government, leaving the world's oldest constitutional democracy in grave danger. All hands are needed, the report said, at this challenging time to build a new foundation for excellence in civic and history education. To share insights on this issue, we're pleased to have with us today Pedro Nogueira. He is dean of the USC Rossier School of Education. He recently wrote a piece on this topic in Newsweek titled, Teaching Tolerance Doesn't Mean Avoiding the Ugly Side of American History, and ugly was in quotes. Welcome, Pedro Nogueira. Thank you, Lois. Great to be with you. We're also pleased to have with us Judy Pace. She's a professor of education at the University of San Francisco. She's just written a book titled Hard Questions, Learning to Teach Controversial Issues. This is a topic that Judy has been studying and writing about for decades. Thanks for joining us today, Judy. Thanks, Lewis. Really good to be here. Well, Pedro, you've not just written about this issue. This is something you've actually had to take on in the classroom. Share with us your experiences in teaching controversial issues. Very early in my own experience, I taught social studies at Central High School in Providence, Rhode Island. I was uh, mentored by a teacher who said, when you're teaching history, your, your goal is to get the kids from the Revolutionary War in September to the Vietnam War in June. Here's the book. I'll be in the back watching and uh, I said, well, what about the Constitution? What about the Civil War? 
He said, don't get the kids confused. You've got to just get through these phases. Got to get to the Great Depression by Easter. That's the job. And uh, I knew right away I had to do more than that. So what I would do was invite friends from campus uh, to come dress as figures from history. And one of my first invitations was to Thomas Jefferson. But I prepped my students. So they read about Jefferson, what he had done, both his accomplishments in contributing to American democracy, but also some of the things about him as a slave owner, uh, and also his relationship and fathering of children with Sally Hemings. And what was particularly good about that is not only were the students prepared for their interrogation of the figure of Jefferson when he came to class, but they were interested, they were animated, they wanted to know more. And I think this is something that the civics conversation often loses, that we often teach civics as though it's a collection of facts and dates and lose out on the texture and the deeper meaning of our history. And, and the controversies actually add value and make the whole subject much more interesting and relevant to students. You are now dean at the USC School, Arasia School of Education. What are you doing to help prepare teachers to deal with these issues at a very contentious time in our nation's history? So we've thought a lot about how we could contribute and play a constructive role. And what we decided to do is to offer a free course to high school students. And the first topic we're going to cover is immigration, because immigration has shaped this country. We're going to look at, at how it's shaped the country. We're going to look at the debates around immigration. We're going to have kids doing oral histories with their parents. They're going to look at the economic aspects as well as the political and the uh, cultural. But we're also going to offer a parallel course for teachers on how to teach courses like this. And we, we, it, it serves the purpose both of making a rigorous college-level course available to high school kids for free around the country, but at the same time also providing support to teachers on how to teach a controversial topic that all Americans should know about and should care about. Well, that sounds usually promising. Let me bring uh, Judy Pace uh, from the University of San Francisco into the discussion. Judy, you, you spent a lot of time writing a book, so obviously you think this is a usually important issue. Tell me why do you think it was important to, um, to write this book, which really focuses on teachers and how teachers can do this. It, it seems like this is something that should be taught in schools of education and elsewhere. So there's actually a lot of really great scholarship on teaching controversial issues as a field of practice, and it's been accumulating over the last few decades, actually. But what was missing from the literature was knowledge about how teacher educators prepare pre-service teachers to do this really demanding work. And by pre-service teachers, you mean? I mean people who are studying to become teachers. I actually studied four really amazing teacher educators based at four different universities in three countries. I was really interested in doing cross-national research because teaching controversial issues is being done in countries around the world, but it looks different depending on the context. And these were all people who were steeped in teaching for democracy and peace and human rights. And in their methods courses, they also prepared their pre-service teachers to teach controversial issues. 
So it was really, really fascinating. I was in the Midwestern US. I was in the Midlands of England. This was right after the Brexit vote. And I was in Northern Ireland. Well, what kind of controversial issues are we talking about, Judy? So controversial issues could be about public policy, like should we lower the voting age? Should we legalize assisted suicide? What's the best way to fight climate change? Uh, should we have vaccine passports? But then there are other questions that have to do with history. Obviously, with you know, so much going on in Israel and Palestine, you know, the whole question of Israel in 1948, was it in, about independence or was it a catastrophe? Pedro was talking about getting his kids to think critically about Thomas Jefferson. So does Thomas Jefferson's ownership of slaves negate his contributions to democracy? So those, those are the kinds of questions that I'm talking about. You work in a, in a school of education and you work with teachers, but to what extent is the teaching of controversial issues part of the curriculum when teachers are getting preparation before they get the credential? It's really idiosyncratic. I know that there are social studies educators out there who are doing this work, like the people that I studied, but it's not widespread. The research on what these teacher educators do was virtually non-existent. There are a couple of people like Diana Hess and Walter Parker who have written essays about what they did in their courses, but other than that, there was really no research on this. It's one thing to have discussions of controversial issues in a social studies methods course, but it's another thing to actually prepare new teachers to do this work in their own classrooms and to give them a toolkit, you know, of conceptual tools and practical tools so that they can carry on this work. I really don't think there are a lot of people who are doing this. I imagine lots of teachers are reluctant to take on those issues because you're going to have kids in the classroom and they're coming from families that have different points of view on this, so maybe hesitant to take it on. And there's this whole pressure to be objective and not sort of, you know, politicize these issues. So is it understandable, perhaps, that teachers would be reluctant to, and school districts would be reluctant to embrace these issues in the classroom? No, absolutely. And, you know, the community you're in will also have its own sensitivities and there can be pushback and uh, fallout when a teacher steps forward to try to teach a topic that the community is not in agreement about. Uh, but, you know, I think we can't run away from it. And so I'm really glad that Judy's done the book because, you know, imagine if we lived in Germany and, and people decided we're not going to teach about the Holocaust anymore because it's too controversial. You can't run away from history. You can't run away from even the present. And we, as you pointed out, Lewis, the, the present keeps generating new controversy. So I think the goal is to teach our students to think critically, teach them how to look and examine evidence so that they root their arguments based in evidence, not simply in opinion, and prepare them for civil debate, which is something that this country is in short supply of right now. And I do have to ask you, Judy Pace, in terms of the events in the last couple of years, and certainly in terms of the election of Donald Trump, there is a feeling that the schools have failed. The schools have failed to really educate our kids and hence the citizenry in being informed and knowledgeable citizens in our democracy. I mean, do you think the schools have failed in this regard? I resist putting all the blame on the schools. I mean, obviously, 
I feel very strongly about prioritizing social studies education. Social studies has been marginalized forever. It's always been considered an, quote, enrichment subject rather than a core academic subject like literacy and math. Under the standards-based reform movement, and especially No Child Left Behind, social studies got squeezed even more. So that's a big problem. Also, the ways, as Pedro referred to, the ways that we've taught civics have not been relevant and interesting for students in general. And so the quality of social studies education also needs to be improved, but there's been tremendous work. It just needs to be ramped up and widespread and disseminated and supported. But I do want to make a distinction between controversial current events, you know, current events that are regarded as controversial in our nation versus those controversial questions that teachers should teach as open questions in the classroom. So I think it's crucial to teach media education so that kids can navigate all the disinformation that's being spread on social media. So teachers need to think really, really carefully about what are the questions that I really want to open up to multiple perspectives versus teaching facts versus falsehoods. Let me just ask Pedro, to what extent can schools be held responsible for this? And I, I guess I also wanted to tie it into the current moment where school, people are looking to schools to do so much more than you know, their traditional role. Looking at the kids' social emotional health as kids come back to school, the physical needs in terms of nutrition and so on, and on top of education. And now we are saying, okay, here's this other really important piece, which is educating kids for participation, for being knowledgeable citizens in our democracy. Can schools really do it all? Well, I think, you know, Judy raised an important issue that it's not just the schools, policymakers play a role. We've emphasized math and literacy in, in, in our assessments and at the expense of things like science and social studies, art, music. Kids need a well-rounded education and, and we want schools to ensure that, but we need to recognize that if you don't give civics and history the priority it needs, it will continue to be given short shrift. I would also add, today people are getting information from lots of sources and social media plays a major role. And many Americans have trouble distinguishing between what is real news and fake news. And that I think is a role that, that schools should play too in helping kids to sort through information, understand what is a reliable source, what is not a reliable source. Think about all the myths out there around the vaccine and COVID because so many Americans simply are easily manipulated. You know, if there's one thing that you would encourage schools and teachers to take on at this moment, a difficult moment, at the same time hopeful that these issues are now on the table. There's been a lot of talk about teachable moments, and the crucial thing is how to make it a teachable moment. And so this doesn't pass by. What do you see as the one thing that really is foremost in your mind? I think professional development is so needed. I think most teachers don't even know what teaching controversial issues involves. People have all kinds of misunderstandings about what a controversial issue is. So I think providing effective and ongoing professional development on teaching controversial issues as a pathway to teaching these other things that we've been talking about, which is civic reasoning and discourse, um, critical thinking, democratic values, 
human rights. Um, it really is a window into all of these different areas. Teachers, I think, get really engaged in, in taking it up. They're really motivated and inspired to do it once they learn about what it involves and how important it is. So I would support professional development for teachers and school leaders because we need school leaders to support this work. We can't do it without them. And Pedro Nogueira, I mean, do you see the conflicts and the discussions and controversies that we are going through now are providing teachable moments and how can we take advantage of those? So many, and I worry because I think we can't become ethically ambivalent. I think about the fact that uh, millions of people, including many children, witnessed the murder of George Floyd. And when you witness a murder like that, you know, it was fortunate many kids were not in school, but then who processed what they saw with them? And what would teachers have done had the students come to school ready to talk about it? Would they have been ready to discuss what had happened? There's a quote from a Holocaust survivor worth uh, paraphrasing. And it goes like this. I am suspicious of education. I am suspicious of education because the engineers that designed the gas chambers were well-educated people. And the doctors and nurses that participated in our torture were well-educated people. An education that's not grounded in ethics will produce more Eichmanns. We must be concerned as a nation whether or not our kids are getting clear ethical messages about right and wrong. And that is as important as civics or anything else. Well, on that powerful note, I want to thank Pedro Nogueira, Dean of the USC Rossier School of Education, and Judy Pace, Professor of Education and author of Hard Questions, Learning to Teach Controversial Issues, for joining us today on this important topic. Wonderful to be here with both of you. Thanks so much. Louis, thanks for having me, and Judy, great to see you again. I should point out, by the way, that there are studies both here and internationally that show that discussion of controversial issues in an open classroom climate that encourages debate and conversation increases political knowledge, political interest, and political engagement of young people, all urgently needed for the future of democracy, as I'm sure you will agree. And on that note, that wraps it up for this week's podcast. As some of you may know, I have stepped down as Executive Director of EdSource to get back to more writing and reporting on education. My successor is Anne Vasquez, who has been EdSource's Director of Content and Strategic Initiatives, and we're thrilled to have her take over the leadership at EdSource. Next week will be my final episode with a podcast in its current form, so please join us then and stay tuned for what's coming up next. As for this podcast, our music is from Nate Schwartz Jazz Orchestra and Ed Source's own Justin Allen. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Thanks for listening. Stay well. John and I will be back next week. <laughs>